You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today we are finishing up a series that we've been in the last few weeks as a church called Miracles, where we've been taking a look at some of the unique miracles of Jesus that are found in the Bible. And how many of you know that we saved the very best for last? And so today, um, if you are taking notes, which I hope you are, I want to talk for just a few minutes over this subject, miraculous resurrection. On Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about the miracle of the resurrection, which we can find in Luke chapter 24. And just to give a little context, a few days before that, on that Friday, which in the Holy Week, we know now that is called Good Friday. But the truth is, Good Friday is only good for us. It was actually a really bad day for Jesus. It was a day where he was abandoned and he was betrayed by those closest to him. He was beaten, he was mocked, he was spit on, he was whipped, he was tortured, and he was ultimately executed like the worst of the worst criminal by being nailed to a wooden cross. But it was also a day where he did what we could never do for ourselves. It was a day where when he did that, he actually paid for our sins and he cleared our debt. And because of what he's done now, we can not only go to heaven one day and have our sins forgiven, but we can have restored relationship with God. And that's why we call it Good Friday. But then it says this in Luke chapter 24, verse one, but what I love is that the story doesn't end on Friday, is that Sunday's coming. And he says this in, in, in Luke 24, verse 1, but very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had pre- prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. And the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. God, we thank you for the miracle of that resurrection. God, today I am so thankful that we are at church with a celebration of a risen king that we're not here at this memorial service. And God, we thank you. And today, right now, we, we come to you and we let you know that we don't wanna play church, we don't wanna go through some religious motions, but that we wanna hear from you. So God, we open up our entire life to you, everything, and we give you permission to speak into any area of our life. And God, my bold prayer, is that each and every one of us, that we leave this place different than how we walked in. God, we are so grateful to be here today and we are so thankful for Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, amen. Now in the first four books of the New Testament, which are commonly known as the gospels, 
which are the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those four books are the four eyewitness accounts of Jesus' time here on earth. And when you read through those four books of, of, of the Gospels, you'll see that there are 38 unique miracles of Jesus. And in my very humble yet accurate opinion, um, I do want you to know that I believe that out of those 38, that this is the greatest miracle of them all. This miracle that we read in Luke chapter 24, the resurrection of Jesus is the greatest miracle. And here's why. Because it's the only miracle that's recorded that is still affecting us today. Now, all of them are amazing. In fact, if you just read through those, you'll see some amazing stories. You'll see Jesus feeding thousands of people with just one little boy's happy meal. Like, that's amazing. It's amazing that Jesus walked on water, that he, that he raised dead people from, from the dead, that he restored like people that were blind, that he helped them see, that, that he healed people, that he, that he healed the sick. And all those miracles are amazing. But the truth is, is that those miracles don't really affect us today. But the resurrection does. Like the ripple effects of what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago when he walked out of that grave is still affecting us today. But the big question today that we have to answer is how? How did what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago, how does it still affect our lives today? And I could give you all types of reasons, but just for the sake of time today and the fact that we got some Easter lunches to get to, let me just give you two. Two reasons why this still affects us today. And here's the first one, because it gives us power for today. That the, the miraculous resurrection gives us power for today. Let me show you in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. That same Spirit the Bible says, lives in you. And just as, meaning in the same exact way that God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life and he will raise you from the dead by this same spirit living within you. In other words, let me put it this way, that the same power that conquered death lives in you. Smile, church, that is some good news. That the same power that conquered death lives in you. Now, I don't know how much power it took to actually raise a dead Jesus from, from the dead. Like, I don't know how, like, how much power that took, but I do know that this verse says that if you are a follower of Jesus, that that same power lives on the inside of you. And that's power that can heal your marriage that right now is hanging on by a thread. That is power that can restore your relationships and restore your family that right now is broken. That is power that can lift depression and anxiety and chronic worry that is ruling your life. That is power that can bring lasting peace to your thoughts into emotions that seem so out of control. That is power 
that can give you very much needed contentment. That is power. That can give you strength and perseverance to keep going and to just not quit and give up. That is power that can give you joy that you can have in any circumstance, no matter what is happening to your life. It is power that can help you experience like real, true freedom from the addiction that right now is owning your life. It is power that can help you experience a miracle. Listen, because of the resurrection, you can have access to power that can change your life in ways that you could never change on your own. That by you trying harder, that by you doing more, like you'll never be able to change certain things that the power that raised Jesus from the dead that lives on the inside of you can change. Listen, you have access to power that can help you change in ways that right now you don't even think are possible. You have come into this place thinking that there's areas of your life that will never change. And I'm telling you today, there's access to power that can change even those areas. I love what Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11 says, where, where Paul writes is this, I want to know Christ, but listen what he says next, and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Church, do not miss this. This is such a big deal because today, the reality of that verse in black and white, it says that today, you just don't have to celebrate Easter. That today, you and I, we can experience Easter. That there could be some things that are inside of us that are dead can, that can come back to life. We have access to power. Let me put it this way, that the resurrection of Jesus, it gives you the power to close the gap between the life you are living and the life that you could live. And it's because of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we can experience power for today. And here's the second thing. Not only can we experience power for today, but we can experience, number two, hope for tomorrow. And man, that is a good thing. Hope for tomorrow. Because of the resurrection, you can now have hope that cannot be taken from you. That no matter what you go through. And let me just be honest. I've been thinking about Easter for months. The team's been working hard and planning. We've been thinking about what this day could be. And this is the one that is on my heart so much. I want you to know that if you came here today, if you're watching online and you happen to be here today and there's part of you that says, I don't have any hope anymore. You've been on my heart so much. I've been praying for you. In fact, in, in Proverbs chapter 13, it says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, when hope is not there, when it's deferred, it's somewhere else, that, that no hope leads to a sick heart. And maybe you're here today and deep down you're like, because of what I've experienced, because of what I've been through, I have no hope whatsoever and you are here with a sick heart. I just want you to know today that because of the resurrection, that you have access to hope right now. Like you can experience hope that Hebrews chapter 6 says that is like an anchor 
for your soul. And you know when you need an anchor? It's when everything is crazy around you. When there's a storm that is raging. Like the Bible says that you can have a hope that is like an anchor that keeps you strong in the middle of whatever is happening to you. And because of the resurrection, you have access to hope like that. Let, let me show it to you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, listen to what it says. It says, death is swallowed up in victory, period. By the way, that is exactly what happened when Jesus rose from the dead. That when he did that, let me put it this way. When he walked out of the tomb, he defeated death. Death is swallowed up in his victory. And then it shifts its attention to how that actually starts to affect us. Because then it says this, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? I love that he's just talking trash to death right there. Just, what, where you at, death? Where's your victory? Where's your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death and the law gives sin its power, but thank God he gives us victory over sin. That's what happened on Friday and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me put it this way, that because Jesus defeated death, you can too. That's what that means. Listen, Jesus didn't come to just make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. That's why I love what C.S. Lewis, he brilliantly described Easter as death working backwards. That's what Easter is. It is death working backwards. So does that mean, Pastor Brian, that if you're a follower of Jesus, that you don't die? No, of course not. I actually did some digging this week. I did a lot of research for this message. You know what I found out? 100% of us are gonna die. <laughs> All of us. So you're like, man, it's Easter. Pastor Ron, can you please be more positive? Yes, I am positive that you and I will die one day. It's happening. And I know we don't like to think about that. I know we don't like to talk about that very much. But I'm telling you, even though that that is a reality, because of what Jesus did, because of the resurrection, man, it takes the sting out of that. Like, we don't have to face death the same way. Instead of fear, you can have hope because you know that what's coming next is way better than what we're experiencing right now. And listen, all throughout the Bible, Jesus constantly kept bringing people back to this truth. That when he's talking to his disciples, over and over again, you see that Jesus kept saying, hey guys, don't forget this. In fact, let me show you two examples. The first one is in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Here's what it says. It says, when the 72 disciples returned, they had just been on this ministry trip. A lot of good things happened. It says, they joyfully, they were happy. They joyfully reported to him, being Jesus, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And then he says this in verse 20. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. So imagine the scene. 
But they had just done a lot of amazing things. They've seen God do miracles. This has been amazing. They come to Jesus and they get the report. And I bet they were so proud. They're like, Jesus, guess what? All this stuff happened and I used your name. And this is all these cool things that happened. And then, and then Jesus is like, hey, that's awesome. That's cool. Hey, by the way, don't forget about heaven. Like, I know that was great, but don't lose sight of heaven. Now, that was something that was good. Let me show you one other example in this exact opposite spectrum. Instead of it being really good, the disciples were coming off something really, really hard. And they were in a very low point in John chapter 14. And this is what it says in verse 1. Jesus is talking to them. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Now, if you don't know what is next, what do you think he would say next? Because for me, this is what I would think. Where he would say, hey, thank you for bringing that stuff to me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Very pastoral, Jesus. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I would think he'd say something, so let's pray together. Let's pray about that situation. I figured he would say something like, okay, thank you for bringing that to me. Now let me fix that situation. Let me provide for you a miracle that can get you out of that situation. But that's not what he says. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And then he says this. It's very odd. There's more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I not have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And it seems like he just suddenly like changes the subject. Almost like, does Jesus have ADD? Because I brought him this problem. And it seemed like he started talking to me about that problem, but then it seemed like he just changed the subject, but he doesn't. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I know life is hard. I know that what you're going through is, is very real and it's very challenging, but hang in there. Don't lose hope because there's more to this life than this life. He's saying, don't lose sight of heaven. So when you put those two things together, here's what Jesus says. Okay, when everything's going great in your life, don't forget about heaven. And when everything is really hard and life is challenging and it's a little bit of a grease fire, don't forget about heaven. And everything in between, no matter what happens, don't lose sight of heaven. And here's why. Here's this truth that we got to let it sink deep into our heart. Jesus offers more than a better now. He offers a better place. So yes, he offers a better life. And I'm telling you, the best life that you could ever possibly live is found following Jesus. I believe it with all my heart. He says it in John 10, 10. He says, I came to give a more and better life, like life to the full. But he offers more than just that. He offers us a better place. See, over and over again, Jesus reminds us that the greatest miracle is the fact that because of the resurrection, that we have this, we have the opportunity that when this life is over to go to heaven and spend eternity with God, that one day, if you are a follower of Jesus, that you can literally experience the words written in Revelation chapter 21, verses three and four that says, Look, God's home is now among his people. 
He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with him. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. There will be no more sickness and cancer, pandemics. There will be no more hurt and disappointments. There will be no more depression, anxiety, hate. There will be no more racism, division, injustice. Like no, all those things are gone forever. Now, I grew up in church. That, that's my story. Uh, that may be your story. It may not be. I, but I grew up in one of those families where we were there every time the doors were open. It was like the same rule as school. Unless you had a one-on-one degree temperature, you were, we, we're, we're going to church. Get, get to church. We're going to church. And I grew up in what I just like to call old school church. Um, and one of the things about the church I grew up in, we went to church all day long. I mean, all day long. We had Sunday school. Come on, we got any Sunday school people at church today? Yeah, grew up in some Sunday school. What a great name, Sunday school. Um, <laughs> that's so appealing to kids, Sunday school. And then we'd go to Sunday morning church. And then as a kid, especially, it felt like we had like a 37-minute gap. And then we would come back for Sunday night church. And, uh, and it was totally different. Like the service was different. And uh, so we just would go to church all day long. And um, I remember that, that we would sing hymns all the time. And we had hymnals. Some of you don't even know what hymnals are. And so hymnals were like these, these books that were full of songs that were in the pews that were, that were right in front of us. And um, I grew up in a church that had acapella worship, which meant that there was no instruments. So it was just your voices, baby. And, um, and we would have a song leader. The song leader would stand up, grab one of those hymnals, turn, and then would tell everybody in the church, like, turn to Psalm 714. Seven, one, four. <laughs> then we'd grab a pitch pipe, because it's acapella. You got to get that thing right before you start. And then, just kind of get it. Make sure he had it. Make sure he got it. Then they start singing. And that, that was church. That's how, that's how we did church. And I remember we would sing all these hymns. And I started thinking this week about the subject of those hymns. And what I remember is that over and over again, there would be so many songs about heaven. There'd be bangers like, I'll fly away. That would have lyrics like this, like, some glad morning. When this life, and I just added the word over, because when I remember it was like, or. When, <laughs> some glad morning, when this life is or. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you grew up with them hymnals, I'll fly away. And it was like, this is a good thing? They're like, yeah, this is a good thing. I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. Then that chorus would slap. It's like, I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll, come on, fly away in the morning when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. I mean, songs about heaven. Then there'll be songs like, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all sing, Jesus will sing and shout the victory. Yay! 
all these songs about heaven. Be another one, I'll, I'll, I'll spare you because I just blessed you right there. I know I did. I know I did. Some of you are like, I will never come back to this church again if he's singing. But there'd be songs like, I remember this one, where it would say, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I just remember song after song after song about heaven. It's almost like every single week. It's like we got to get together and remind each other that there's more to this life than this life. Like every single week, we had to come and remind each other that, hey, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Like songs reminding us that this is not the best that it's going to get, that heaven is so much better. Like songs reminding us that no matter what we go through here on earth, that we can always have the hope of heaven. And I think it's so easy to lose that perspective. I think especially after what we've all been through the last two years. And when I think back over the last two years, let's just be honest, every single one of us have been hit by life over the last two years in some way, shape, or form. There is not one person that is at church today that hasn't experienced hurt or pain or disappointment or loss over the last two years. And if you even study stats, what you'll see is that everything over the last two years, bad has gone up. Everything from anxiety, depression, loneliness, abuse, addiction, divorce, you name it, it's gone up. And if you've put your hope in this world, if you think this is the best that it's ever going to get, you've been in real trouble. Because this world has been a dumpster fire over the last two years. And Here's the truth. You are never supposed to put your hope in this world. Listen, this is not the best that it's going to get. Praise God that what we're experiencing is not the best that it's going to get. Like we don't have to put our hope in this world. And because of the resurrection, you can put your hope in heaven. And I love you enough to tell you this truth, that heaven and hell are realities. They are real. And you really will go to one of those one day. And it's so important to realize, but take hope that if you believe in Jesus, earth is as close to hell as you'll ever get. It only gets better. But on the other hand, if you don't believe in Jesus, earth is as close to heaven as you'll ever get. And it only gets worse. So the big question today is, how can you and I experience those things that the resurrection gives us today? How can we experience that power for today? And how can we experience the hope for tomorrow? Romans chapter 10 verse 9 gives us the answer. It says, if you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. If you believe in the resurrection, you will be saved. 
And before we move on, I want to make sure that we fully understand what that verse is talking about, specifically with the two words believe in. Because when you study the original language that this was written in, which was Greek, believe in, it literally means like to cognitively believe, meaning I believe with my mind. But when it's talking about here, it's not necessarily talking about just believing in your mind. It is ta- it's bigger than that. It's talking about believing with all your heart. So even a literal bit better translation of it, it just doesn't sound as right. Instead of believe in would be to believe on. Meaning that I put my full trust all my hope, that I, that I put all my weight into believing on that. It is the difference between believing in this stool. Like I believe that this is a stool. I believe that somebody designed this so that people could sit on this. I believe in this stool. It's the difference between that and I am choosing to believe on this stool. See, when I believe on it, it's not just what I believe cognitively. I'm putting all my weight on believing that this is a stool. I am putting this in motion. I'm literally sitting down and putting all my weight, all my trust that this is what it says it is. It is believing on, not believing in. So how can you experience those things? It's not just believing in, it's believing on. See, I I told you I, I grew up in church. And maybe that's your story, maybe it's not. And let me tell you, for years, this was my experience. I believe in Jesus. I go to church, sing the songs, have a compartmentalized hour of my life. And I believe, I believe in, but I'm still controlling my life. And on June 25th, 1999, let me tell you what happened to me. I believed on. I put all my weight. Did I know things before this? Could I answer Bible trivia? Could I tell you the books of the Bible? Could I do all those things? Did I attend church? Yes, 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 yes. But I never put my full weight, my full trust, all my hope into who Jesus said that he was. I believed in, but on June 25th, 1999, I believed on. And my life has never been the same. I'm telling you, I've experienced When I believed on, power that helped change things that when I just believed in, I could never change. Things that I tried and tried and tried and tried, but I couldn't. But when I believed on, I had access to power that helped change things that I never thought were possible. See, I experienced, when I believed on, hope that no matter what life has thrown my way, and I've had my share of bad days. But I'm telling you, there's been this hope Like Hebrews 6 says, it's like an anchor for my soul. And let me just encourage you this Easter. 
you can experience this too. You can experience power. You can experience hope. How? By believing on Jesus. Typically right here in our services, I would ask people to bow their head and close their eyes and uh, to create a moment for you to make a decision. But this week, we want to do something a little bit different. I would love for you to pull that connection card back out. If you're watching online, please pull that back up. Um, online at queencitypeople.com slash connection card. And I want everybody to do this. Every single person to do this. Every single person to do this. Because I want to ask you one more, one more question. And we'll take these from you at the very end. And that is, where are you on your spiritual journey? But today, Easter, 2022, where are you on your spiritual journey? And A, B, C, and D mean four different things. A means I'm already in a relationship with Jesus. So if you check that box and you let us know, here's where I'm at, you're telling me that you've made the decision to believe on Jesus. You put your full weight, your full trust. You believed on Jesus. B is I'm beginning a relationship with Jesus. Maybe another way to put it is I'm, I'm beginning again. So that means that either for the very first time, even if I believed in today, I'm believing on. Or maybe you've made this decision in the past but you find yourself at church today and for whatever reason, you've made choices to where you've gotten up. And today, you just need a fresh start. You need to receive the grace of God again and say, hey, God, I'm sorry. And today, I believe on again. So that's B. C is I'd like to consider it a bit more first. And I just want you to know that if you check that box that I'm so glad that you're here and that we started our church for you. Like we, we, we never started a church that's just for church people. Like and I want to create a place for you to just search a safe place for you to figure it out. So if you're here and it's like, I'm not ready yet, I'm still kind of chewing on that, then you can put C. Or D, it, I don't ever intend on making that decision. And if you're here and that's you, we're so thankful that you're here. Let us know that. And um, whether you like it or not, I'm going to pray for you. Because I believe that there may be an Easter where you come here and you say, at one point I checked D, but now I'm checking B. And so where are you on your spiritual journey? Take some time. Take that card and please fill that out. Every single person, if you're here, fill that out. Make sure that we have your information and the survey that will really help us. And then when you're done, I'm going to ask that you bow your head and let me just pray for you. Let me pray. And God, we thank you for today. We are so grateful for Jesus. So thankful for his life. So thankful for his death. So thankful that he rose from the dead. 
And today, fresh and anew, we tell you that we, we want to believe on you. We put all our trust. And in fact, if, if you check to be today, and just pray this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you and I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me and change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender everything to you. Tell him, I, I give you my life. Just even whisper that right now. I give you my life. And Jesus, today, I receive the miracle of salvation. I receive your power. I receive hope. And today, I choose to follow you. We thank you for Jesus. And it's through him that we pray. And everybody said a loud amen. Come on, church. Can you clap your hands? Come on, for those that just made that decision, we're so proud of you. It's awesome. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.